السلام عليكم ورحمة الله الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهديه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل وسلم وأنعم وأكرم وبارك على حبيبنا وشفيعنا وقرة عيوننا سيدنا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون اللهم اجعلنا منهم يا رب العالمين أوصي نفسي وإياكم بتقوى الله وبلزوم طاعته آناء الليل وأطراف النهار على الوجه الذي يرضيه عنا in the name of Allah, the gracious, the merciful, to him we belong and to him we shall return. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his infinite grace and boundless mercy to send an abundance of prayers and peace upon our most beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on this blessed day of Jumu'ah to forgive our sins and our shortcomings, our weaknesses and deficiencies, 
And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring an abundance of ease, peace, relief, comfort, tranquility to our brothers and sisters in Palestine. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve and protect them. May He elevate their ranks. May He shower them with so much mercy, so much compassion, so much love beyond our imagination. Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb, wa ma thalika bi'alallahi bi'aziz. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, may He do away with the tyranny and the oppression that has taken such heed of that land. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Brothers and sisters, I'll be honest, I, I'm really at a loss for words today. I woke up this morning, like I'm sure all of us have been every single day, not just myself and you guys, but millions of people across the world. I woke up, I prayed, and I looked at my phone. And I opened up my phone, and my heart just starts to sink. I see a video of a four-year-old child with his legs blasted off who's crying for his mother and father, and his mother and father are dead. And he's in utter distress. Can't walk, can't move, crying out of pain. A girl, arms, both arms blasted off, crying, screaming out of pain, suffering, dead bodies on the floor, decaying and rotting. I say, subhanAllah. The heart just overwhelmed, overwhelmed in, in pain at a loss, just at a complete loss to how to even think or feel. You see a video, and I'm sure many of you saw it this morning, of a father who someone runs up to him with a camera and he's screaming out, Ya Ahmed, Ya Habibi, Ya Ahmed, Ya Habibi, Ya Ahmed. And what's Ahmed? Ahmed told him his son, he said, Yaba, we carry the white flag and we go down and we'll be safe. He said, Yaba, hakit lak khalina fi dar. And his son is, his head is blasted off right next to him. And he said, but, yeah, but didn't I tell you should we stay in the house? And then they said, he, but he, the, my son Ahmed told me if, if we just carry the white flag, we'll be safe. And of course, a member of the Israeli genocidal force snipes him right in the head. Yo, boy, Ahmed. And so many videos of people, Ghazans, trying to escape and move, holding white flags, shot, elderly woman being dragged and beaten. We see these videos and you really become at a loss for words. The moral depravity, the moral bankruptcy, the loss of humanity. For this to happen with impunity, uh, this morning an elderly man in, in the West Bank is making adhan in the masjid. And a member of the Israeli genocidal force goes Laughing with a, one of those bombs that make loud noises, I don't know what they're called, flash bomb, and he throws the flash bomb, laughing into the masjid. Pure act of terror, pure act of terror. And he's enjoying it. You see Israeli genocidal force soldiers in Gaza with a DJ system, playing the music and dancing. On top of rubble, and the likelihood is that there's bodies under that rubble. And you have a DJ system and you're mixing whatever and you're dancing, TikTok videos. You really, I sit there, I'm like, what, what kind of world are we living in right now? This is all on display for the world to see. This morning you have the deputy, the deputy speaker 
of the, the house of, in, in the Knesset. He says, this morning, we're too humane with the Ghazans. We have to burn it all down. Too humane, he said. We're, we're being too humane. Wallahi, I'm, I'm just speechless. I really, sometimes I just don't know what to say anymore. What to think, how to feel. And I'm sure, I'm sure there are millions of millions of human beings across the world who just don't know what to think or feel anymore. How to, how to even process what's happening. You have a, a Zionist Christian pastor in Texas this week on stage with children behind him holding the Israeli flag saying that Gaza must become a parking lot. And then we need to direct our bombs towards the Dome of the Rock. And let's eviscerate it. This is in the U.S. This is in the U.S. And so that we can build our third temple. Hallelujah. I don't know what else. You have Zionist rabbis in New York City who talk about the necessity of killing babies because they may grow up and become terrorists. So you have to kill them when they're young. Brothers and sisters, I see all of this. I process all this and I say, Ya Rabbi, what is this? What has happened? What has happened to people? A a, 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 what has happened to a person that has made them so maniacal, so sociopathic, bloodthirsty? Everything is about dominance, murder, killing, pillaging, controlling, insult, adding insult to injury, death. What is this? And so I'll be honest, I really genuinely, this morning, I'm like, I don't even know what to say. So Wallahi, I'm telling you exactly what happened. I sit there, I put down my phone, I say, I have to, I need, I need to just like sit down in front of the Prophet that's what, I did, that's what I did. I sat down, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to imagine myself sitting in front of the Prophet going to him as a humble follower, as a humble servant, saying, Ya Rasulullah, give me nasiha, guide me, help me understand. And Wallahi Azim, as I'm sitting there, the words that come to my heart immediately, as if the Prophet is, is telling me these words, Ista'in billahi wa la ta'jaz. Ista'in billahi wa la ta'jaz. You better rely upon Allah. Trust upon Allah. Seek your aid from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and never give up. Never despair. Never lose hope. Ista'in billahi wa la ta'jaz. And this, this particular statement is taken from a longer hadith where the Prophet says, That the strong believer is better and more beloved in the sight of Allah than the weak believer. And so immediately my heart, I feel like the blood is starting to rush back into my heart. So I'm thinking, Trust upon Allah. So then my heart and my mind, this is exactly what happened. My heart and my mind go immediately to Surah Al-Baqarah. Istainu bis sabri wa salah. Ya ayyuhal amanu, istainu bis sabri wa salah. O you who believe, seek your aid and your support in patience and in prayer and your connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna Allah ma'as sabirin.
Verily, Allah is with those who are patient. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا تَقُولُوا لِمَنْ يُقْتَلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ أَمْوَاتٍ بَلْ أَحْيَاءٌ وَلَكِنْ لَا تَشْعُرُونَ Don't think, don't say for a moment that the one who is dead, who has been killed, is dead. Rather, they are alive. However, you do not feel it. بِشَيْءٍ Listen, subhanAllah, the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking to the exact reality. بِشَيْءٍ مِنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ وَالنَّقُصٍ مِنَ الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَنفُسِ وَالثَّمَرَاتِ وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ And we will test you. Allah is saying, we will test you. بِنَقْصٍ بِشَيْءٍ مِنَ الْخَوْفِ We will test you with fear and hunger and, and a decrease in wealth and life and in vegetation. We see the, so many places in Palestine decimated. Everything, vegetation, animals, beyond barbaric behavior. But Allah says we will test you by the loss and the decrease in these realities. And then He gives glad tidings. He says, however, وَبَشِّرِ الصَّابِرِينَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا أَصَابَتْهُمْ مُصِيبَةٌ قَالُوا إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ Those who are afflicted with a hardship, they say we belong to Allah and we will certainly return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So right now, we say as an ummah, إِنَّا لِلَّهِ وَإِنَّا إِلَيْهِ رَاجِعُونَ No one... No one can take the soul of a human being except Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who decrees death and he decrees life. He is the one who brings life and he is the one who brings death. And so when we see all of this death and destruction, we say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Ulaika alayhim. Those are the ones who upon them, upon these people, who think this way, who feel this way, who process reality this way, on those believers, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will pray for those believers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will shower those believers with His mercy. Shower those believers with his wisdom, shower those believers with knowledge, shower those believers with understanding. And Allah's mercy will descend upon those believers, those who understand that Allah tests, and Allah at times tests very hard. And He says, Be patient, be beautifully patient. Those are the rightly guided people. Brothers and sisters, this, this idea of muhtadun, I think is ever more relevant in the age that we live in today. Because unfortunately and sadly, on display for the world to see, our levels of moral bankruptcy and decay and depravity that the human beings of the earth are crying out, stop, stop. You know, in the U.S., 68% of Americans, according to The Guardian, 
are for an immediate ceasefire. That is a huge percentage of this 340 million person population. 68% of the U.S. population is for an immediate ceasefire. But our government, the Senate and the House and the President, unanimously supporting this reality, this genocide. How can that be? How can that be? What, what happened to for the people, by the, by the people, for the people? What is America? What are we? Are we not for the, by the people, for the people? Well, Americans want a ceasefire. Americans want an end to this. Humanity wants an end to this. What are the interests at play? Tell me, what is the U.S. interest? How does this benefit us as a country? How? You tell me. Someone explain to me. It doesn't. We cannot be on the absolute wrong side of history in this egregious manner. We need to become rightly guided people who have hearts, who have consciences, who have moral, moral superiority. We can't talk as a country about having moral superiority when we've sold ourselves to this reality, funding this reality, supporting this reality. How? We've really lost our way. But the Americans in large part have not. When you have 68%, that means the population of the United States. By the way, the support for Israel has plummeted to 30%. So the reality as humanity knows it and sees it is on the side of the Palestinian people. But it is unfortunately, unfortunately the special interest entities the politicians who only care about their seats and their power. When you watch this rally, the Americans for Israel rally in D.C., everyone standing up there looked like they were hostages. Wallahi! You saw no sincerity in those voices. Van Jones was like this. Uh, I'm here to say I support Israel. Okay, good, okay. Tell. What, what happened to you? Then you fly in one of the most radical Christian Zionists, Pastor Hagee, whatever his name is, who is a known anti-Semite. I'm like, where are we? What kind of horror movie are we watching right now? I actually was thinking about this. I was like, I don't know that there is a horror movie that has been produced by Hollywood that's worse than what we're seeing today. The images, the sights, what people say, the utterances, the celebration of death and destruction. You have a Christian Zionist pastor saying that we want to see bombs destroying the Dome of the Rock so we can build our third temple, turn Gaza into... If a Muslim thought, a, fi a thought even close, <laughs> you would have every agency. What do you say? What are you thinking? But look at, look at this. But you know what? Wallahi al-Azim. You know where there's this, this thought pattern is taking me? It's taking me to a point where I understand that it is ever more critical that as Muslims, we dig deep into our tradition and we understand what it really means to be a Muslim. Sayyiduna Umar when he was receiving the keys to the city of Jerusalem, 
and he went out and he had his helper and he had a donkey or a horse and when he arrived at the city gates the bishops the archbishop the patriarch was all everyone was there waiting for the coming of the leader of the believers Sayyiduna Umar and so when he came the companion who was leading that expedition saw Sayyidina Umar coming and he saw Sayyidina Umar walking and that he was looked disheveled so he thought to himself oh my god what are the patriarchs and the leaders of Jerusalem what are they gonna think about our leader coming looking this way so he wrote out to him he said yeah Amir Mu'minin please please at the very least ride on the horse because Sayyidina Umar had agreed with his helper that I'm gonna ride a little bit and you ride a little bit we'll, 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 we'll split up until we get there that's the values, the morals of the leader of the, of the, of the Muslim community who inherited from Al-Habib Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The beautiful equality and justice that you see between two brothers. One is the leader of the believers, the other is a simple helper, a servant. But you ride a little bit. So when, when they got there, it happened to be the turn of that helper. So Sayyiduna Umar told this companion, he said to him, I wish someone other than you would tell me something like this. I have an arrangement with my helper. Right now he is riding. Right now I am walking. And then he said to him words that all of us have to internalize deeply. He said to him, Kunna adillah. We used to be lowly people. Sayyidina Umar knows a thing or two about being a lowly person. Sayyidina Umar knows a thing or two before Islam about what it means to be a barbarian. Barbaric in behaviors. And he, he, he says about himself the type of behaviors he was involved in. But then he says, I was a lowly person. I was a depraved person. Allah brought us dignity and honor through Islam. If we seek our honor and our dignity, in other than Islam, Allah will surely abase us. Brothers and sisters, when you see moral depravity, and you see moral decay, and you see moral bankruptcy, and you see the celebration of evil, then you know that the compass is way off. You know that the shaitan, the whispers of Satan, have deeply embedded themselves in the hearts and minds of individuals. You know that the lower nafs, nafsul ammara bisu, the irascible self, the lower self that implores towards evil and wrong has taken over that body. But the believer today, the Muslim, the follower of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam needs to be an upright, dignified being. Wallahi al-Azim. If this world is in need of anything, it's in need of dignified human beings who stand tall and say, I am a person of dignity and honor. When I saw those Jewish brothers and sisters in Grand Central Station, in the thousands, standing tall for humanity, I felt a sense of dignity and honor that there are people like that in the world today. And they're not alone. Millions and millions upon Millions of people across the world standing tall with dignity and honor and willing to sacrifice a lot because those individuals, they sac sacrifice a lot. 
There are actors, small on, on, the, on the scale, and words out there in Hollywood and otherwise, saying things pro-Palestine and willing to sacrifice a lot for a mabda, for a principle. We stand by humanity. Muslims today, across the world, have to stand up and be dignified people. And to operate purely from our dignified source, which is the, the, the way of Al-Habib sallallahu alayhi wa Because you know that same Sayyiduna Umar, just to understand the dignity of the values and the principles and the morals that our tradition teaches. Because I think a big part of what we have to do as a community now is we have to come back to Allah. We have to come back to our deen. We have to come back to our sources and understand what does it mean to be a person who follows in the footsteps of Muhammad Because when Sayyiduna Umar now is taken into Jerusalem, and he is now the leader of those lands. The archbishop tells him, because Masjid al-Aqsa was ruined, it was ruined. And the upright uh, house of worship that was pristine and beautiful was the church of the Holy Sepulchre. So the archbishop told Sayyidina Umar when it was time to pray, I think it was Salatul Asr, he said, please pray inside the church of the Holy Sepulchre. Sayyidina Umar said no. But he said, please, this is a, a nice, clean place for you to pray. He said, no. He said, this place, this sacred sanctuary is sacred to your people, the Christians. And my duty is to preserve and protect the sacred for you. I fear if I were to pray in this church today, that followers thereafter will come and say, this is mine. Allah. The entire Zionist political ideology is what? This is mine, all of it. You know that meme that everyone sees where Netanyahu says, I want peace. Yeah, I want a piece of this, I want a piece of that, I want a piece of Jordan, I want a piece of Syria, I want a piece of, I want a piece. I want pieces, P-I-E-C-E. -E. <laughs> I want it. Sayyiduna Umar, a man who was taught by Al-Habib sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He says, no, I will not pray because this is sacred to you. I must preserve and protect it for you. And until today, the church of the Holy Sepulchre is protected for the Christian people. And the keys are in the hands of Muslimin. Until today, protected for the Christians. And you know what's right outside the church of the Holy Sepulchre within feet? Is a masjid called Masjid Umar. Do you know why? Because the Prophet said, Sayyidina Umar said, we will pray outside. So they farashu, they put some things out for Sayyidina Umar to pray. And there, there is a masjid called Sayyidina Umar. To be there, present, as an ayah, as a sign of the values and the morals of Muslimin. Brothers and sisters, we have to really come to terms with who we are. What is expected of us? Forget about the nonsense and the trash and the filth that people like to say and claim about Muslimin. We are a community. We are believers who are the most profound lovers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We love our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa We stand tall and firm on our commitment to the Quran and the Sunnah. We want to live and die upon our sacred tradition. And our sacred tradition is wallahi a tradition that teaches justice, teaches mercy, teaches compassion, teaches beauty, teaches humanity, teaches peace, teaches dignity. 
That's what our sacred tradition teaches. And that's who we as Muslims have always been, and we will always be that by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All of this projection that's happening, that it is, they are the Arabs and the Muslims who are these like sadistic people who just want to kill and pillage. Stop projecting what's inside of you. Because as humanity sees today, it is not coming from the Muslims. It is coming from other political ideologies that have nothing to do with any of the sacred scriptures, have nothing to do with Judaism, have nothing to do with Christianity, have nothing to do with Islam. And so the mawazin, the scales have been tipped, but as Muslimin, we will stand up and be representatives of our sacred tradition. We will have dignity and honor. No one's going to bully a Muslim anymore. No one's going to make a Muslim cower or fear or feel threatened. That's not the way it's going to happen anymore. Because we have nothing to be ashamed of. We have everything on our side to stand tall with dignity. Because our sacred tradition, by the way, our sacred tradition is the sacred tradition that for a thousand years preserved the lands of Jerusalem and Palestine. Except for 97 years when the Crusaders took over. For 1,000 years, Christians, Muslims, and Jews lived in absolute harmony. When the Jews were being absolutely terrorized and cl ethnically cleansed in Europe, what was the hal, what was the state of Jews in Morocco, in Yemen, in Libya, and in Palestine? What was their hal? They were absolutely happy and comfortable. They were protected, they were safe. They had positions of power and influence. This is all well documented by not just Muslim sources, by Jewish sources, as well as even Israeli sources. For 1,000 years, that was the reality. Up until the 1930s, Muslims, Christians, and Jews lived absolutely comfortably in harmony. None of this existed. And that was under Muslim, that was when the Muslims, when the Muslims, for 1,000 years, governed those lands. And today, today this false narrative absolutely a conjured up lie about the threat of Muslimin, the threat of the Arab, the threat we've never been a threat to humanity. We have always been, the Muslim Ummah has always been a source of peace, a source of beauty, a source of harmony, a source of justice. I'm not saying we have a perfect history. Obviously every history has its blemishes. But when you talk about net-net, and you see that when civilization really thrived. And so brothers and sisters, as Muslims, we have to stand tall. And we cannot be shy of our Islam. We cannot be shy about our values. We cannot walk around cowering. Not today. Not today. Wallahi, not today. Because the, those who are screaming at the top of their lungs are maniacal. They're psychotic. And it's not in the interest of our country. It's not in the interest of the world. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps us to come back to our tradition, to come back to our deen, to come back to our dignity. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us and aid us to be upright and strong believers who fear no one but Allah.
who fear nothing but Allah. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. Wallahi, we belong to Allah. And wallahi, we will return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah allow us to live on this earth, dignified prophetic lives, following in the footsteps of our messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We say it loud, and we say it proudly, and we say it with honor. We love the messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And every Muslim seeks in everything in their hearts to follow in the footsteps of that most beloved messenger of Muhammad who is the brother and the inheritor from Jesus and Moses and Ibrahim That is our sulala. That is the lineage that we follow. We have to be upright and speak that to the world. That we come from that tradition. We come from the tradition of prophets and we don't have and I want to be clear about this. Because right now, the Zionist Christians and the Zionist Jews out there, they have a messianic mission. You know what a messianic mission is? That means they're trying to usher in Armageddon. It's driven by a completely wacky ideology that they must usher in the end of times. Usher in Armageddon. That's what's motivating. That's why you have far more Christian Zionists and you have Jewish Zionists. But the overwhelming majority of Christianity is not with that ideology. The overwhelming of Jews are not with that ideology. And it's important to understand that Muslimin do not have a messianic philosophy in life. We're, we're not commanded or commissioned by God to usher in despotic realities. That is not the way of our tradition. We've never been taught that. We will, we've never learned that. Our prophet never taught that. And so, brothers and sisters, we have a lot of learning to do. And we have a lot of teaching to do. And the precursor to Salahuddin, by the way, was Nuruddin Zinki, who was preceded by his father, Imaduddin Zinki, who was preceded by Imam al-Ghazali, one of the greatest scholars of our ummah. We need, we need a spiritual and intellectual revolution we have to learn our sacred tradition. We have to learn about history. We have to learn so that we can teach. So that by the permission of Allah, Allah can use us as a force of beauty and humanity on this earth. Because this earth is in dire need of it. إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونستهديه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا وسيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم اهدنا في من هديت وعافنا في من عافيت وتولنا في من توليت وبارك اللهم لنا فيما أعطيت وقنا واصرف عنا برحمتك شر ما قضيت إنك تقضي بالحق ولا يقضى عليك اللهم يا واصل المنقطعين أوصلنا إليك اللهم هب لنا عملا صالحا متقبلا يقربنا إليك اللهم استرنا فوق الأرض وتحت الأرض ويوم العرض عليك اللهم كن لنا ولا تكن علينا أعنا ولا تعن علينا اللهم يا الله كن خير معين لإخواننا في فلسطين اللهم كن لهم خير معين اللهم فرج عنهم فرج عنهم احقن دماءهم اللهم تقبلهم في الصالحين اللهم أنزلا سكينة عليهم أنزلا سكينة عليهم تغمدهم برحمتك الواسعة يا الله يا كريم يا رحمن يا رحيم أرنا في أعدائك عجائب قدرتك 
اللهم اجعل كيدهم في نحورهم واجعل الدائرة عليهم ونعوذ بك من شرورهم نعوذ بك من شرورهم يا الله يا كريم يا رحمن يا رحيم وصل اللهم وسلم على سيدنا محمد وآخر دعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين أقم الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر شهد أن لا إله إلا الله شهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله استقيم مستوى تراس وصدور فرج فبكم الله الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين والعصر إن الإنسان لفي خسر إلا الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر الله سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد الله سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.